Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. This podcast contains graphic subject matter and is meant for mature listeners only. Previously on Bardstown. My ex-stepdaughter called me and she said, you need to call and check on Tommy. I said, why? And she said, he was in a hunting accident. And I said, is he alive or something along those lines? And she said, no, he didn't make it. Someone wanted my husband out of the way. They knew he was never going to give up searching for my daughter. And I think they just wanted him out of the way. Tommy Ballard is the fifth and final victim in our story. Five unsolved cases. Still no answers. Still no arrests. Only theories and accusations. All of us in law enforcement were like, you've got to be kidding me. The sheriff's department were like, okay, well, we got our guy, but I got that much more to go. I got to give you what the law says. I got to prove it. He was killed right off the of bluegrass. So, you know, right on Casey's farm. So what I'm saying is, I, you know, you, it's like you drove right past where a coward was hiding in the trees to kill him. I'm Shay McAllister. This is Bardstown. In all of these investigations, Brooks Hauk, Crystal Rogers' boyfriend and the father of her youngest son, is the only named suspect. His brother Nick was fired from the Bardstown police force not long after Officer Jason Ellis was murdered. But police have never linked Nick Hauk to Ellis' murder or anything having to do with Crystal's disappearance. Someone who is a name that keeps coming up in almost every single interview we've done so far and actually even not interviews like people we just talked to in town is Brooks Hauk obviously that's Crystal's boyfriend the last person to have seen her before she disappeared there's a lot of accusations out there both by the community by the family but also by law enforcement he's been named the suspect um, he's never been charged with anything in connection with Crystal's disappearance. But I think to tell his side of things is important to this story and to see what he has to say. Or if we can find his brother, Nick, who is the Bardstown police officer who was fired. It's time to see if Nick or Brooks will talk to us. So this week, that's what we're going to do. But we know they're used to getting unwanted attention. The kind of attention that screams out from the signs around town. We're about one mile from Brooks Hauk's house. Um, we're going to see if he's home and willing to talk to us about Crystal. This is the, the main suspect the police call a suspect. I actually hope he is home. Um, because I think people need to hear what he has to say, whatever that is. But before we get to that part of the story, we want to tell you what's happened in the last few years in Bardstown. It might not surprise you to learn there's been a few weird twists. 
Brooks Houck's new girlfriend, Crystal Maupin, another blonde crystal, is arrested for stealing a Standing with the Ballards yard sign when she's caught on a gas station camera in July 2017. She pleads guilty, is sentenced to two years probation, and is ordered to have no contact with the Ballards, and to write Sherry Ballard a letter of apology. And then Brooks himself is in the spotlight again. On July 18, 2018, Brooks is arrested and indicted on unrelated charges, felony theft charges for stealing thousands of dollars worth of roofing shingles from Lowe's. The main suspect in the disappearance of a mother of five, Crystal Rogers in Bardstown, has been indicted on felony theft charges now. Police arrested Brooks Houck after they say he was caught stealing roofing shingles from Lowe's. We were contacted by theft prevention from Lowe's uh, regarding uh, some theft that was occurring at the store. And through an investigation that we conducted here at the Barstown Police Department that led to the indictment of four felony theft charges and four misdemeanor theft charges. Brooks' appearances in court on theft charges get a lot of attention. Brooks Houck spent the morning in a courtroom, but not for anything connected to his former girlfriend, Crystal Rogers of Nelson County. And Houck is expected back in court in January. If convicted on all charges, he could be facing up to 20 years of prison time. This is the first real thing that has happened. He's got by with so much that it's just been unbelievable. Even though it doesn't have anything to do with my daughter, it's actually showing some of his true colors and the kind of person that he is. And I was just very happy about that. And in 2019, Brooks Houck is acquitted. Just into our newsroom, about three hours of deliberation earlier this afternoon, and we now know a Warren County jury will find Brooks Houck not guilty in his theft trial. They say that is for all charges. The one man at the head of the investigation for the last four years, Detective John Snow, has recently retired. Nelson County Sheriff Ray Penaroa isn't going to let that get in the way of finding a killer or killers. He's put a lot of work. And it's overwhelming to see somebody put that much time in one case. I wish he was here just to see the end result. But the widespread critique of his department doesn't fall on deaf ears. It's frustrating. This is our hometown. Who wants a crime of this magnitude that reaches national attention to be the stigma of our town? Nobody. And I can tell you that we've worked our tails off, and we will continue to do it. It takes time, and I said this to Sherry probably three years ago or so, it takes time to put a puzzle together. This is probably not a 50-piece puzzle. This is probably a 1,000, 2,000-piece puzzle. This is the magnitude of a case that we're working. But surely we're still doing piece by piece that eventually that puzzle will work itself. Penaroa has hired what he calls an A-team to investigate what he believes isn't just a missing person, but a murder case. Brooks Howe has been named the main suspect in this case previously. Is he still the main suspect today? I would say he's still the uh, main suspect in the case. Nothing has changed in the investigation that leads us to believe anybody else is uh, the, the main suspect. Do you still look for involvement from others? Do you think other people could have been part of this? I'm not going to comment on it. It's kind of touching on on what we're doing now, and the team is still currently active. 
searching and doing the, the investigation. And uh, I believe the family deserves that. We may not have a body, but uh, at the end of the day, closure for them, um, closure for this town. But closure could prove difficult in this case for Sheriff Penaroa. Is it realistic to get an arrest and a possible conviction without a body? It can be. So you think you know who did it, maybe even how they did it, you just need the evidence to prove it? Correct. How close would you say you are to getting that evidence? Uh, I'm not going to get into the details. Like we talked, it's it's beneficial that the less that they know, we hold the cards in our hands. And uh, I think it's very, very beneficial that we stay tight-lipped on what we're doing and what the, inv- the investigation is leading us to. We have to get our ducks in a row. Uh, what, what people don't understand or the misconception is, yes, we can go make an arrest today, but if we don't have what we need, we go to trial and he walks out that same day and says, yep, I did it. You can't charge him. It's double jeopardy. So uh, the main part is you got to get your evidence, your ducks in a row, and once you have that, you'll move forward with the case. On our way to try and find the Hauk brothers, we look over what we know about them. Brooks owns rental houses in Nelson County. In fact, when Crystal disappears, she's living with Brooks in one of his properties. And in 2014, with no law enforcement background, Brooks ran for sheriff. The 37-year-old lifelong Nelson County resident told Kentucky Standard reporter Jennifer Corbett, it is time for fresh new blood. After being fired from the Bardstown Police Department, Nick now lives with his grandmother, Anna Whitesides, whose home was searched in Crystal's case. And their mom, Rosemary Hauk, lives on a farm just outside of town, which was also searched high and low by police. Did you know that parents rank financial literacy as the number one most difficult life skill to teach? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app for families. With Greenlight, you send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and keep an eye on your kids' spending with real-time notifications. Kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. And parents can rest easy knowing their kids are learning about money with guardrails in place. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Okay, so we're going to head to the Hauk Farm, which is where Rosemary Hauk, Brooks, and Nick's mother lives. Right. Which way do we have to turn yeah. up there? Go, right? You're going to turn right up here. Okay, so we can get in this lane. We're on our way to one of the last places that Brooks Hauk said he was with Crystal Rogers, his mom's farm, feeding the cows. Turn right onto Springfield Road. Pretty rural out here. Yeah. And as we drive out to the Hauk Farm, you still see signs of prayers for Crystal and standing with Turn the right onto Balltown Road. Then turn left onto Paskill Ballard Lane. Even at this corner, there are the signs. So every day, Brooke's mom drives by a sign that says, Brooke's Hauk is the only suspect in Crystal Rogers' disappearance. It's secluded out here. 
as we drive along the one-lane gravel road that leads to a dead end and the Hauk farm. We pass a field of cows, grassy knolls, and a pond. Is that a blue Toyota Camry? Who drives a blue Toyota? Who drives that? Um, Angie told us that a blue Toyota Camry keeps following her. All right, here I go. Jessica walks up the sidewalk lined with small shrubs and a red leaf tree. As she reaches the front porch, she points to the steps leading to the front door, the two-story white house with black shutters. She's pointing to a handful of shotgun shells. We watch from the car. Looking at the house, above on the second floor, a window has a Tinkerbell shade pulled down. As we wait for someone to answer the door, we look around at the property. There's a barn and some target practice decals set up at the end of the road. Yeah, my heart's racing for her. I'm excited for her to get back in the car. Jessica gets back to the car. No answer. Next up, Anna Whiteside's house. It's where Nick Houck lives. We want to see if we can talk to Nick um, about Crystal's disappearance, uh, about his firing from Bartstown Police Department, um, see if he's willing to talk to us about what's going on with his family, um, with the town, and we'll see. I don't know. We find the small, white, two-story house with green awnings and shutters directly across the street from a cemetery. So this is the house we've been looking for. There's a white pickup truck. So we're gonna go down here, some neighborhood kids. We're gonna go down here, kind of get our ducks in a row, put everything together, and then I'll go back and knock on the door. A white Toyota Tundra pickup truck, we know from media reports, is Nick's vehicle, is parked in the driveway. Oh, the door's open and I see a light. Because I could see a light inside. Jessica knocks on a door that's outside of a screened-in porch on the front of the house. She can see Anna Whiteside's inside but she can't hear the knocking. This is like a screened porch and there's a door on the inside. So I don't think she's gonna hear me knocking on this door, but I can see her. I wonder if there's a back door that's better. The neighbors across the street who have an archway in their front yard with the words, keep praying until something happens, holler to Jessica to try the side door. All right, thank you so much. That's what I was thinking. A small, gray, curly-haired woman wearing glasses answers the door. Hi, are you Anna? Hi, my name's Jessica. Is Nick home by chance? She holds the screen door open, wearing khaki shorts and a flowery short-sleeved shirt. Could could I see him? Nick is home and in the basement. Jessica. She invites Jessica inside to wait on him. Um, I'll just wait right here. Thank you. A construction truck slows to nearly a stop on the side of the house and looks at Jessica standing at the door as she waits for Anna to return with Nick. Don Mud Construction. Then, all of a sudden, the truck speeds off in a hurry. 
Anna comes back, opens the door, and hands Jessica a piece of ripped paper with a phone number on it. And he said, what you calling? Okay, will do. All right, thank, thank you so much. It was nice to meet you. Got his phone number. Two strikes, but we aren't giving up on talking to the Hawks. We call Nick. As Jessica starts to leave him a message, another call beeps in. It's Nick calling back. Hi, this is Jessica. This is Nick. What's going on? Hi, Nick. Uh, my name is Jessica Knoll, and I work for Vault Studios. I'm working on a podcast about Bardstown, and I wanted to see if you'd have a minute to talk. Well, I and my, you know, my goal is not to twist anything. I just want to yeah. definitely hear your side of things and just report as, you know, as we get that kind of information. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you calling, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. Okay, well, I appreciate it. And this is my cell phone, so if you change your mind, feel free to give me a call back. All right, thank you. Have a good night. Thanks, you too. Right. Bye-bye. It's time to go find Brooks. We pull up to Brooks' house. There's a few cars and a construction truck parked in the driveway. Jessica makes her way down the driveway and walks up the steep concrete staircase lined with bushes and red, yellow, and orange flowers to the front porch of the red brick split-level home. Hanging plants are placed on each side of the two white pillars on the front porch where Christmas lights are still hanging and a large, varnished bourbon barrel holds a potted flower next to the front door. Hi. Hey. Is, is Brooks home? Yes, just one second. Thank you. Brooks' new girlfriend, Crystal Maupin, answers the door. She bears a striking resemblance to Crystal Rogers. Tall, blonde, and pretty. As Jessica waits on the doorstep next to a wooden rocking chair, birds are chirping playfully in the background. Then, Brooks swings open the door adorned with a wreath with the letter H on it, and cordially greets Jessica. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. Hi, my name is Jessica. Barefoot and wearing an orange T-shirt and jean shorts, Brooks shakes her hand. Nice to meet you. You too. So I am working on a podcast about Crystal, and I just wanted to see if you had a minute to chat. Brooks cocks his head to the side and stands firm on the front porch facing Jessica. I really, really appreciate you reaching out. That means a great deal um, to me, and I really, really uh, concern and appreciate your time. That means a great deal to me. Who And I can get my phone. I can give you Sherry Ballard is who you need to speak to. Okay. Um, and if you give me one second, I'll like, hey, Crystal, get my phone, please. And then that way I can give you all the contacts. Those people are going to be much more of help to you. And it's no secret in this town community that I've been named the suspect. Understand that. He goes inside, shuts the door, leaving Jessica waiting while he grabs his phone. When he comes back with his phone in hand, she peppers another question at him. How do you feel about that? With all the I'm, signs and I'm, everything. It's... I'm asking you to talk to Sherry. Okay. Her, okay? So I think I have a phone number in here. Do you have any idea what happened to her? 
Hi, do you have, uh, you have our phone number, your grandmother's phone number? Okay, sure. My battery's low, so you better want to get it quick. All right. Go ahead. Do you know how to get that off there? Dismiss, maybe? While he fumbles with his phone, looking for Sherry Ballard's phone number, she probes further. Can I just ask you one question? Um, you have, and I really, and I want to be as kind as you as possible, but if you talk to this woman here and her family will be more than happy to speak with you and they'll love to do any kind of interviewing. All right. You don't want to tell anyone that you're not the suspect. You shouldn't be considered a suspect. But if you talk to her, thank you so much for your openness and honesty. Thank you so much. You have a great rest of the day. And then if you have any problems and need any of those contact information, uh, come back to me, and I'll see to it that you get them. I've got all the information. All right, will do. I appreciate that. Thank, Thank you. You, you too. As we leave the neighborhood, just at the end of his street, there's a white fence plastered with several signs. Every single time he leaves his own neighborhood, he sees three signs that say, Detectives say Brooks Hauk killed Roger. Five things a murderer would say. I would never harm Crystal. I am innocent. I am 100% honest in everything I say. I am 100% not guilty of this. I didn't do anything to anybody. All signs point to the Hauk family. But did they have anything to do with Crystal's disappearance? Jessica sends a text message to Brooks, giving him another opportunity to talk. She writes, Hi Brooks, this is Jessica from the podcast. I so appreciate you talking with me today. I wanted to shoot you a quick text so that you have my contact information. And if you change your mind and would like to talk further, just reach out anytime. I would love to be able to tell your side of the story. Thanks again. Have a good weekend. He replies simply, Thank you for your help. With much appreciation, Brooks. Brooks' reaction to our visit doesn't surprise former Bardstown Police Chief Rick McCubbin. So this is where he's slipping over here now. Nothing's worked for him over here, but now he's going the opposite way. You know, you said he said, let me have you call Sherry Ballard. That's his standard. Don't talk to me. You need to talk to her. I've done nothing. Well, you need to call mom. I don't know, you know. So when you said it, I'm like, exactly. I can almost have told you what he told you before you told me. I mean, that's just, that's just, that's how he is. So I didn't know Brooks. I didn't know the man. I truly didn't. I came to my conclusion, like most of us in law enforcement here, just what I said, his reaction. Not what he did, what he didn't do. And so many people miss that, you know, in in, in a lot of investigations. Everybody wants to look at, but I I can prove you did this, or this is what you did, this is what happened. Law enforcement, we focus more on what you didn't do, what didn't happen. That's what we try to look at. Speaking of the investigations, you can go too far or you can do not enough. And that's when you know you got your person. You know what I mean? When you're overdoing it, you're overbearing, you're over the, oh, here's my guy. You know, it's usually somewhere in between that, that most law enforcement investigations go, man, I don't know. Here and here, oh, this is my guy. I just got to prove it now. You know what I mean? Now the burden's on me, or the proof on me to prove it. <laughs> we got to prove it, though, you know. Next time on Bardstown. Nothing's to say that uh, you can't have a large criminal conspiracy. It only takes two or three people 
So among 11,000, it depends on what's, how, how much somebody's willing to misbehave and how much they want to enforce what they perceive as the power that they have. Uh, a lot of stuff that, you know, quite frankly, is just wrong. You know, there's stuff that we've reported, and then there's stuff that we have learned on background. You know, and some of the stuff is just so far out there. I can tell you that the rumor mill is one of the most frustrating things on our side working a case because we become chasers of rumors instead of facts. Words you never said are the ones that hurt the most. Bardstown is a Vault Studios production. You can find Vault Studios on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and learn about our other shows at vaultstudios.com. Visit our website, bardstownpodcast.com, for more background and information about the cases we cover in the podcast. I'm Shay McAllister. A special thanks to our team, investigative journalist Jessica Knoll, producers Beth Peake and Spencer Brudig. Adam Ostro and Will Johnson are our executive producers. Audio production by Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland. I'm gonna drown